Grace and mercy and peace be with you from God our Father and from our Lord and our Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Have you tasted anything good lately? I know a lot of you are probably cooking at home more than you have in a long time. And some of you are, frankly, even teaching your children how to cook for your whole families. So, in all of that, have you tasted anything good lately? I think a lot of people have the impression that things that taste good generally aren't good for you. Right? I mean, ice cream. Does it taste good? Absolutely. Good for you? Supposedly it's not. Chips? Do they taste good? Absolutely. Are they good for you? Supposedly not. Now, spinach, on the other hand, it doesn't taste like much of anything. But is it good for you? Supposedly, yes, it is. Popeye was right all along. Now, don't get me wrong. I love healthy food. I mean, I have an appetite for junk food as well, but I love healthy food and I love cooking. And I'm actually under the impression that food that is good for you can actually taste good as well. Food that's good for you can actually taste good as well. That's actually the point of the lesson here today from 1 Peter. As a church, for the last few weeks, and for a few more weeks, we've been studying this book of 1 Peter, and today we are in 1 Peter chapter 2. If you have a Bible with you, I'd encourage you to have it out and follow along, as we're going to go almost verse by verse through the first 12, chapter, or first 12 verses of chapter 2, or grab a piece of paper and jot down some notes as we go along. But in essence, in 1 Peter chapter 2, in the first half of 1 Peter chapter 2, Peter is asking the people, what is it that you've been eating? What have you been drinking? What has been your source of nourishment lately? Did it taste good? But also, was it good for you? But Peter's concern here is not about physical food that we digest. But his concern is about the spiritual food that people have been eating. Because what Peter's audience has been eating recently has not been all that good for them. Peter starts out here in 1 Peter chapter 2 with these words. He says, I think that some of you have been eating malice and deceit and hypocrisy, and envy, and slander. This is just sort of a randomly put together list of evil vices that all humanity struggles with no matter what cultural context or age you find yourself in. What is malice? It's simply the desire to do evil things. And deceit, lying, hypocrisy, saying one thing and doing the opposite, Envy is simply being jealous of others, and slander is speaking poorly about other people. 
Peter's audience wrestled with these things, and so do we. Consuming these things is not good for anyone. Not the ones consuming it, and not those that they surround themselves with either. However, I think we know, and if we're honest with ourselves, that sometimes in the moment, they taste good. But they're not satisfying or edifying in the long run. What about you? What have you been feeding yourself with lately, spiritually? Where have you been seeking to gain hope and purpose and peace? What have you been feeding yourselves with lately? NPR? Fox News? MSNBC? Your Facebook feed? Netflix? What has been feeding your spirit? Some of those things taste good in the moment, but they're not satisfying for the long run. Peter says to his audience, no, I don't want you consuming these evil things anymore. Instead, like newborn infants, long for the pure spiritual milk that by it you may grow up into salvation if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is good. Peter is saying, long for the spiritual nutrition that every one of us need. And what is that spiritual nutrition? Plain and simple, it is the salvation that belongs to us because of Jesus Christ alone. Long for Jesus like an infant longs for that spiritual milk. Long for the goodness of God in Jesus Christ because when you taste and see that the Lord is good, you will not want to be filled with anything else. God is so good. I believe it. I, I don't know what you believe. I don't know. I, I would imagine some of you struggle with that statement, God is good. God is good. I don't know what you believe, but I believe it. I believe it, and, and here's why. Because I believe that when we spend time with our Father and we grow in relationship with Him, we finally start to understand that what He is doing is good. I don't know where your relationship is at with this God that we call Father. If you don't have a close relationship with Him, you might wrestle with this concept and say, I don't know about this. Uh, how could this so-called good God that you believe in allow all of this to happen? I am confident in this truth that God is good all of the time and His desires are for the goodness of His people. And I am confident that the closer you grow in relationship with Him, the closer and more fully you will understand that He is good at all times and in all places. And where and how do we know this most fully? Because of Jesus. Jesus is the clearest example of the goodness of God. God sent His Son into this world, a world filled with evil 
vices. And God, who is good, took on flesh, and He took on sin, and He died in order to offer you forgiveness. And then Jesus, three days later, rose from the dead in order to pave the way to everlasting life for you. Because Jesus rose from the dead, you have a hope that is alive right now. I want to tell you this again. Your hope is alive. You have a living hope. Your hope is not dead and your hope is not distant. Your hope in Jesus is in your home and in your life right now. Because as much as we believe the fact that Jesus rose from the dead, we believe in the fact that Jesus will come again to make all things new. And so that promise of our future hope is not far away. It's actually in our homes and in our lives right now because Jesus is alive. Therefore, your hope is alive. Why would you want to consume anything but that goodness and hope in Jesus Christ. Peter is saying strongly to his listeners, and I say strongly to you as well, leave the junk behind and be nourished in Christ alone because he's got big plans for you. He's got big plans for you. In verse 4, Peter says, you, you are like a living stone. You are like a living stone. God's people, you are living stones. You may have been rejected by the world, but in the sight of God, you are chosen and precious. And you, living stones, are being built up into something wonderful. And what are you being built up off of? Jesus Christ, who is the cornerstone, the one who also was rejected by men, a man of sorrows. We considered him stricken by God, smitten by him, and afflicted. But that stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. And we, those who confess Christ, are like living stones whose lives are being built upon him for an incredible purpose in this world. For an incredible purpose in this world. Jesus was rejected by men. And when you are a living stone, it may mean that you too are rejected by men. Leaving behind the junk food is not always fun. It takes some getting used to, to enter into a new way of eating. Those of you who have ever done any sort of dieting understand this concept well. It's not always fun. It's hard. You have to say goodbye to some things and embrace some new things. But once you taste and see that the things that are good for you can actually taste good, you will want more and more of them. What's that you say? I'm not convincing you that spinach actually tastes good? Is that what you're saying? I know I probably should have picked a, a more flavorful food, but hopefully you're picking up on the point. What tastes good 
can also be good, and what is good ought to also taste good, not only momentarily, but for the sustaining health of your body and your soul. Living stones, you have been called to a higher standing because this is the purpose for which Jesus Christ called you. He wants to build you into his church here on earth and build the kingdom of God off of you, living stones. You may have been rejected by the world, but in the sight of God, you are chosen. And in the sight of God, you are precious. You are. Peter says it like this, you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession. God chose you. Think about that for a minute. You know you. You pay attention to what's in your mind and what's in your heart. You know the evil vices that you struggle with, and I do. And yet this perfect and holy God has chosen us to be a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a, a holy nation, a people for his own possession. He wants you to be his and you are. Not so that he can control you, but so that you can live according to your chosen purpose. I think sometimes we hear that, that we're a possession of God and we go, oh, I'm not, I don't, I'm not possess, nobody possesses me. But what do you do with your prized possessions? You take care of them. You love them. And you put them to work. And when you put your possessions to work according to their purpose, they get joy because they're living according to their purpose and you get joy of the, as the owner of those possessions. And so this is what God is saying about you. You're, you're called according to his purpose to be his people to be his chosen possessions. Friends, he purchased you so that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are a people according to his mercy, which he's given to you. Don't you want to just shout that out to people? Man, I, I've wrestled with these sins and these vices. I used to be fat and lazy and filling myself with spiritual junk. And I, I didn't do anything myself to get out of there. But God has been so merciful to me, so loving to me that he came to me in Jesus Christ. He laid down his life in order that I can be forgiven and set free, proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. You are God's people, loved by him, chosen by him. There are some of you watching this today who may not know that. You may have never heard before that God loves you. You might have always thought that God is just like the big guy up in the sky waiting to strike down 
bad things on people who do bad things. No, 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 no. That is not the Christian story. That's not who Jesus is. Jesus is merciful, loving, gracious, and kind. Maybe you don't know that. Maybe you've not heard that. Or maybe you're struggling to believe that it's actually true. But I tell you, friends, if you're struggling to find purpose in this life, if you're feeling empty or hungry, the only thing, the only one who will satisfy you, not only momentarily, but for all of eternity, is Jesus Christ. And when you drink from the love and forgiveness of Jesus Christ that he promises you, he will never disappoint you. When you call on the name of Jesus and you say, Lord, forgive me, forgive me, save me from myself, he always will. This is true. I want to invite you, if you don't know that, if you don't believe it, if you're wrestling with that, and you want to know more, or you want somebody to help proclaim it into your life, reach out to me. I would love to walk with you in this faith-filled journey that we have in following after Jesus. But for those of you who claim to be Christians, that literally means to be little Christs, I urge you with the same urging that Peter urged his listeners, abstain from the passions of the flesh which wage war against your soul. Quit the spiritual junk food. It is not good for you. It wages war against the healthy spiritual nutrition of Jesus Christ. Eat and drink of Jesus. Be filled with him, and when you're nourished by Jesus, you will not want to be nourished by anything else. And frankly, just a bit of practical advice. During this time where things are different, where life is turned upside down, this is a great opportunity for you to change your patterns. This is a great opportunity for you to open up the Word of God more often, to leave behind the junk food, and to be filled with the spiritual nourishment of Jesus Christ. Taste and see that the Lord is good. He tastes good, and He's good for you. Now, and to the life everlasting. Go in the peace and living hope of Jesus Christ alone. Amen.